You're listening to the Mile You're In podcast. Everything running related from 100 meters to 100 miles. And now here's your host, Phil Patterson Jr. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Mile You're In podcast. As always, before I get into the topic of today's episode, I have to shout out my three Patreon supporters. And hey, it's two days before Thanksgiving, so I want to give thanks to my three continuous supporters, Becky, Francine, and Mr. Anonymous, for continuing to show love each and, each and every month. And if you're listening and you'd like to know how to join in, even if it's a one-time thing, the link is always in the show notes, or you can hit me up on twitter i'm still gonna call it twitter i ain't calling it x i mean i'll call it x but i'm still gonna call it twitter uh instagram tiktok those are the three that i'm really on so if you're if you're on there and you follow me and you want hit me up and we can discuss that but on to the topic and this was something i really wanted to talk about last week uh but uh, things happen right so the reason i wanted to talk about last talk about it last week was it was more relevant if you're local or in the state of Florida, I think we were all kind of affected by it. There was a really crazy storm that came through. And for us down here, it was about two and a half to three days worth of just nonstop rain. And a lot of it was downpour, crazy winds. So there was a lot of flooding, um, more inland. And, you know, each each of those days I was talking to my coworkers about how I, you know, I was still experiencing expected i put i put this on me nobody else was expecting me to do it but i had a plan i have a training plan a goal so i was expecting to still go out and go running when i got off work and they thought that was crazy and and even some of the other co-workers that were listening in were mentioning how this this was the type of weather or type of day where they would just resort to the treadmill or the stationary bike, stay indoors, stay dry, stay warm. And I was like, look, I know in, in other sports, there's weather cancellations. It's, it's, even if it's an indoor sport, sometimes they'll cancel it just for travel reasons. But honestly, when it comes to running, unless there's lightning or something extreme like a snowstorm, which I can't relate to down here, or, you know, like a hurricane warning, hurricane watch type thing going on like the the race is on it's gonna happen and i've done some races in extreme heat advisory temperatures and the story i'm about to tell you was the total opposite and it reminded me of like the boston marathon where desi linden and uh kawauchi won and it's not to say that the other runners didn't train in all types of scenarios to prepare themselves but that's the mentality you have to have is you have to as we say if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready, right? And you're ready for any and all obstacles that may come in your way. And you can't just expect it to go perfect come race day or come whatever it is you're going through and you're planning for and you're training for. You can't expect everything to go perfect. So there were more, and, and I used to do that, to be honest. When I first started getting into to actually competing in races and not just running for fun, I, you know, if it was really windy or if it was really rainy or if it was really cold, I, I, if I had a gym membership at the time, I was hitting the treadmill. If not, I just took the day off. 
Um, I had a stationary bike for a while, so I'd hop on a stationary bike. I did those things. And then when it came to race day and those weather conditions were there, it's like, what am I going to do now? I'm not prepared for this. And I usually had really bad races and bad results. And that's when it like it just sunk in. Like, you got to train for for this type of scenario and be ready for it because you know when i went to do the new york marathon again like we don't really have elevation and hills and and things like that down here in florida we have like one or two bridges that you could get some good training on and we got the vista view park that you can run that old dump hill and get some you know some some hills and elevation and that's about it and i did what i could but when i got to new york it was like yo, you're not ready for this. You didn't prepare. <laughs> so you really have to, especially if you are a runner, you have to say, I got to get out there and I got to run, whether it's really hot, whether it's really cold, whether it's really windy, if it's raining like crazy, like I have to train in every and all possible situations and scenarios so that I could be ready if that happens during my race because even some of the races i did like the weather was perfect all week and then come race day out of nowhere a storm or a crazy windstorm or just the the humidity was insanely high and it's like you know what like i'm not ready for this <laughs> so in this case and and this is really why i wanted to, to talk about this some of you guys have heard this before especially if you followed back when i used to have the hillstriker954.com website um i blogged about this and i talked about it i might have mentioned it a couple times in, in some of the real early episodes but i had said this was going to be my second 100 mile race i had just done the wildcat 100 and you know i, I don't really care about impressing anyone else i don't care about other people's expectations i don't care about none of that right it's nice to get praise it's you know obviously criticism is going to kind of hit you a little bit but i i don't really let it bother me too much especially if it's an area where they don't have any any knowledge experience or expertise like if you ain't been there uh, i don't really want to hear too much of what you got to say because <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about you ain't been there so uh you know there was judgment because most 100 mile races give you a 30 to 32 hour cutoff this race extremely generous they give you 40 hours and i had quit went to the hotel ate slept showered did all this stuff came back eight hours later and was able to finish in like 38 hours so to a lot of people it wasn't really a an official 100 mile finish right and I kind of let that eat at me. And even I kind of agreed. I was like, you know, I'm not I'm not really satisfied with that result. I'm not really satisfied with how that went in that experience. So when I signed up for this next one, the Skydive Ultra, the Skydive 100, I, I really was aiming at getting it under because this was a race now that had the 32 hour cutoff time. So I was really aiming at, OK, you know, if I can do this, it's going to be what is tech you know, technically considered a true cutoff time. And I won't have any other excuses or asterisks next to the finish, right? So I get there and the crazy thing about this was that there was a nasty storm coming. 
hence why I'm telling this story now. It was very similar to what we just experienced last week. But this was going to be all like within a, a, a 24 to maybe 48 hour period. It was supposed to be just a, a big storm that just came through and left real quick. It was supposed to stay down south in Miami. It ended up coming more north. This race was in Clewiston. So a couple hours north of where it was supposed to hit. And the temperature in the 50s. So you got to stop and think about that for a second. Mid 50s, you got the, the, the strong winds that are going to drop that to like closer to 50 degrees. And then you throw in nonstop pouring rain which is going to make it feel more like mid to low 40s, right? So I'm not prepared for that. I got like, <laughs> I, I, I brought like maybe one or two jackets. Um, I have my big hoodie, the little jacket, finisher jacket thing that you get um, after the New York marathon. I think I had like one or two pairs of like running pants uh, but mostly everything else was my typical Florida warm summer running clothes. Um, I think I had like some some skull caps, some gloves. Um, that was about it, right? So during this race, I would say it rained 95% of the time. And it only really stopped the last couple hours and right around the time I was finishing. So I was pretty much in a downpour the entire time and as we did this race just to give you an idea of how this worked uh it was seven i think it was like seven and a quarter mile loops and you had to do 14 loops to get your 100 miles um it was out in a big like i think it was a sugar sugar cane field i don't think it was corn um, yeah, I think it was sugarcane, but a big farm field. Um, and just, we were mainly running on the, the dirt, like the man-made dirt paths so that the tractors or vehicles could drive up and down those sections. So factor in now that the pouring rain is going to turn that into just mud and just like a slippery slide and it wasn't level a lot of it was angled so you're also kind of on a bank on an angle um if you're if you're a fan of like nascar racing and those tracks you know how they're very banked so you're not level when you're on that you uh, you have to balance yourself and neutralize yourself so there's that and then it's all open there's no trees there's no cover you're just out in a big wide open field there was like one porta potty at the halfway point of the loop and that was it so once you started your loop you were on your own for seven and a half they did have like a little uh self-serve aid station out there next to the porta potty but honestly with the rain and everything and the wind it was so destroyed that you really couldn't unless you had something to to like refill like a like a bottle or a vest Otherwise, there were no snacks or food really going to be left out there. And the animals would have got to it anyway. So it was kind of really just a fill, like a cooler with some stuff. You could self-serve your your bottles and a porta potty. That was it. So again, seven and a quarter mile loops. You're on your own. 
I'm not going to go through the entire race, but fast forward to it, it was pretty much every time I would finish a loop, I was taking off clothes and trying to put something else on that was dry, but it was kind of pointless because by the time I got maybe a quarter mile into that loop, I was already soaked again. And it, it was just like, I might as well have just kept the other clothes on the, I was just wasting time changing clothes and trying to dry off real quick. You know, even the biggest thing I had back then was like the blisters, right? Putting on a drying out your foot. I used to use the dry goods to dry my foot. None of that stuff. It didn't matter. <laughs> your foot was soaked in puddles and rain minutes after changing. So it was kind of pointless. I, I don't know if it was more just for the mental break that I kept doing it. Um, I, I don't know. But I did it anyways until like later in the race. And I was like, this is pointless. I'm not doing it anywhere. Plus, I ran out of dry clothes to put. You can't hang it up anywhere to dry out because it was still getting wet. So it was like eventually I ran out of the clothes to even switch into. So I just kept on what I had and and kept, you know, kept moving. And it, there were times like I like as it got later in the night. Um, and, and, and the thing about this is the wind was like. It was so strong that the rain was literally going sideways. So the, the I think it was when we were going um, trying to think of the direction. I think it was when we were going west because um, it was kind of like a diamond shaped loop. So whenever you were going west, it was just like you had to put your head down. I had a hat on. I had like a hoodie. It didn't matter. Like that rain was hitting you directly in the face. So you had to kind of keep your head down so that it wasn't you weren't getting pelted in the eyes with like cold hard rain <laughs> like it hurt it little it might have hailed a couple of times because some of it hurt like really bad but you're dealing with that you're dealing with you're you're stepping and you're sliding so in some spots you you couldn't even run because you've risked just eating it and now being covered in mud and being even more wet and more just just disgustingly dirty and it was a very frustrating and miserable experience i will tell you that and this is not encouraging you guys at all i know you're listening to this like well then i'm definitely <laughs> i don't want to do that <laughs> and why do you do that and that's the question i get all the time and i can't I, I can't give you an answer but it's if you love it you love it right so you know it's coming into nighttime where now it's getting almost impossible to see because out there there that was that same east to west stretch was along i think it's highway 27 it's it's some highway close to lake okeechobee and so there were some scattered street lights for the highway but that was about it and you you're using your headlamp to try to see in front of you just to see you know where it's safe to land and when it's safe to run and i i remember this is this is the probably the main reason i wanted to tell this story because when i tell this to other people it's hilarious it's kind of gross it's kind of weird um but it's it's one of those memories that sticks with me and it's gonna stick with me forever especially when i see these two individuals or i come across them on social media uh, if we, whenever we run into each other at races, it's it's our joke, right? It's it's a moment that we experience that kind of ties us together forever. Is 
I want to say it, it had to be like close to like one, two in the morning. You know, I'm trying to stay awake now. I'm tired. I'm freezing. Like it was getting to the point I was shivering. Um, I was, I was literally, cause also when you think about how strong that wind is, it's, it's pointless to even try to run against it. So in those certain sections, it was like, all right, just put your head down, try to stay as dry as you can and keep moving. So you stay warm. And then when you get to the other areas where now it's a sidewind or a tailwind, then you can run again. Um, and I was just getting so cold. I was shivering. I almost, I was starting to get nervous that, you know, I was going to have an issue and have to, you know, call for help. And I knew the pot, porta potty was coming up and I was like, you know what? Those things are always warm. They trap in heat. It's going to be dry. It'll give me a chance to just, you know, regroup. And because again, like, you know, my head is down trying to keep the rain and everything out of my face, I get to it and, and I'm trying to open the door without opening my New York marathon jacket. Cause it's a, if you don't know, it's, it's like a, a hood, like a rain. How do you describe this thing? It's like a poncho, but it has Velcro on the front. So you can open up kind of like if you were Batman and you were, <laughs> opening your wings right you can open it it doesn't have like sleeves for your arms that way it keeps you can you know velcro it shut and around your body with a hoodie and it'll it, it went down to like it goes down to your, like your knee area um so it, it kept you pretty warm and pretty dry so i was trying to like sneak my arm through the little velcro section to open the porta potty without opening it so i didn't get any any rain in inside of it and i didn't get cold so i open it i'm looking down so i can see where to step in and as <laughs> i'm visualizing this and it's just it's it's engraved in my memory as i as i'm looking at the floor of the porta potty to start stepping in i see four feet two two different pairs of shoes so I do that like slow because you're almost kind of you're like, what? You know, because a lot of people do start to like hallucinate during these hundred mile races. So at first I'm like, am I am I really seeing this? So I'm like slowly looking up because I'm also kind of scared. Like I'm going to get <laughs> is there someone going to murder me in here. You know, we're in the middle of a field and in the dark in the middle of nowhere. So. I slowly start looking up now I'm seeing the legs and I'm seeing these two guys kind of hover like just like me kind of bundled not together but separately they're, <laughs> they're both standing there and we I finally look up and now we're all making eye contact then they go you need to use the bathroom or you're here just to, to get warm and I'm like I'm here just to get warm and they're like it was almost like in unison it was like well come on in join the party <laughs> and like so now here's they knew each other i didn't know them yet so it's you know it's like two strangers three strangers whatever uh, and it's just like now we start talking about what's going on it's like oh hey you know what the guy uh so i'll say the name uh is david castro he was actually doing a 200 mile they don't do it anymore but that race had a 200 mile option he was in the the process of doing the 200 mile race Louis coco was his um, kind of like his pacer, his crew. Um, and Lewis is also a really amazing runner, especially with the 100 milers. He's done, 
if I'm correct, he's got a world record now for the dojo. I, I you'll have to hit me up. I'll give you his Instagram so you can check him out. He also hosts the Ride the Wave 50k, 50 miler, I think, and the Run the Wave Miami 100. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, so he he puts on some ultras down in Miami. Both of these guys are real great guys, though. Great friends. Um, we we keep in touch. I, you know two guys that i'll say i love like they, they've they've offered help in many times with a lot of stuff in and out of the sport um i really do love those guys like the, I, those are two guys you could call on if you need help with the wetness and and we're just talking about our race experiences and the rain and the wind and everything going on and and it just you know eventually i'm like all right guys like uh I'm trying to get this over with. I, I, I'm headed out. So, you know, I leave. And as the race is going on, I, again, like, I start, like, I'm really concerned. Like, it is freezing. I'm shaking. I, in those moments, even when it was slippery and, like, almost shin-high puddles, I was like, yo, I got to run. Because if I don't warm up, like, I might get hypothermic out here and, and have an issue so um and i didn't have my phone on me so i would have been in danger until somebody found me so it was like all right just run until you know run as much as i can to get warmed up at least and then if you get tired and you get exhausted from the mud and, and the puddles and everything and the wind then you take your little walk breaks in between and so i was kind of doing that like um like half mile interviews i'd walk for did i say intervals <laughs> did i say interviews or intervals <laughs> see these late night podcasts man i'd be mad. i'd be tired but i was doing half mile intervals where i would run for a, a half mile walk for a half mile and it was almost perfect timing because like right around that half mile mark i'd start getting really cold again and then right around that half mile mark i'd, I'd get warmed up again so it was like perfect um, almost like my body temperature was my alarm of, okay, you can, you can stop or you need to start again. And I was doing that for most of the race. And although you couldn't see the sun as it did finally start to, to come up, it, you could tell, obviously it was getting a little more, a little, a little lighter and you could see a little bit without needing a headlamp and you could start to see a little bit further in front of you. And I remember at this point, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to make it because now I'm getting, I was just so exhausted in general from fighting these conditions, the puddles, the wind, the rain, uh, being fatigued and not sleeping, all these different factors that I, I was like, I don't, I don't know if, if, if I can finish, you know, as much as I wanted to, I, I don't know if I can. And out of nowhere, like one of the brightest, closest, loudest lightning strikes, thunder pops I've ever experienced. It had to have struck somewhere within a quarter mile radius, somewhere in that field that we were out on. I like I jumped. <laughs> it woke me up and I started running. I dropped some F-bombs and some S-bombs and I was like, yo, <laughs> I got my energy. Let's go. Because now I was like, all right, I got to get back to the base. I was probably a mile and a quarter left of that loop. I was like, I got to get to the loop where I can get in under the protection, under the, the 
somewhere safe, right? There was a runner that uh, I forget what challenge he was doing on his own. I think he was trying to do, he was doing a bunch of hundred milers, but he would carry a full on pole and American flag the entire race. Every time he did these races, he would do it. And I just remember at one point he starts passing me and it, it got so crazy that he had to wrap the, the, the flag around the pole, but he was still carrying it. And he just, he said, I can't repeat what he said because I'm trying to keep it, uh, you know, family friendly here. But he was just like, I'm so done with this. And it was his last loop. So he was like, he, he was ready to go. And I was looking at him carrying this pole like, yo, you are a threat to be struck by lightning. So in, a, in, in one, on one hand, I'm like, yo, get away from me. <laughs> You put us both at risk, but on the other hand, I'm like, yo, this is this dude. He, he, this he's not afraid. He's all in. He he made a commitment and he's he's in for it. So I get to the end of the loop, and and I the way they had it set up was they uh, it was on a or connected to a skydiving, which is why they call it the skydive ultra. Typically, when the weather is good runners have the option to skydive to the start line and then once you're finished as long as the race is still going on you can skydive as much as you want if if you paid for that additional option so it's connected to like the skydive center or base whatever you want to call it and i i don't remember how this whole thing played out but i get to the base and there was one seat they had like this little like space heater and i just sat down and the race director like kind of rushes over to me and and he's bringing me coffee he's bringing me broth he's bringing me bacon um they 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 moved me close to the um the space heater they i i think they put a towel or a blanket over me i can't remember if they did that or not but there are pictures i went back and i found them on facebook um, so I think I'm going to, I'm going to go save them and maybe I'll upload them to social media and, and just show you guys. But there, there are a couple pictures of me and one of them was really clear where you could just see me. I had taken off my, um, my gloves and put them on my shoes in front of the space heater to try to dry them out while I'm sitting there with coffee, broth, bacon. Like I'm just, I look defeated. I look done. Like I'm. My eyes are closed. Like I'm, I'm trying to take a power nap. Meanwhile, my my sister, and my fa my parents were there too. So they didn't know what was going on. They didn't know if I was still out there. They they had no idea what you know where I was at this moment. Um, I think on that loop, I did take my phone, and I remember, yeah, I did because I texted my sister and told her, hey, I'm. I'm at because I checked it and there was a, a text from them saying, hey, when you get here, you know, we, we need you to be safe. And I was like, oh, I'm already at the at the base. Like, I'm good right now. Don't worry about me. I'm safe. I'm back. I'm not out there. Like, I'm going to stay here till the lightning stops. Plus, I need to warm up regardless. Um, at this point, I'm finally starting to warm up. I'm, I'm feeling a little bit better. And this, you know, it's getting brighter because now the sun is out. The rain is starting to, to die down. The wind is starting to die down because now the storm is finally almost almost pretty much gone. 
and I had two loops yeah two loops to go I just remember getting up to start that next loop and I look around me and the way the setup was because of the field and how it was everybody had tents set up everybody had campsites the crews the runners the night before the race started it looked like like a campsite that morning as i went to start that loop it looked like a hurricane had come through tents were just destroyed ripped like you saw the tent poles bent and broken with the the, the tent material i don't know what it's called but the, the, there were so many tents thrown away or piled up next to the dumpster, in the dumpster. It, it was a disaster. I could see how bad the flooding was. I could see how just destroyed the course was. And it, it, it made me, as I was now hitting each one of those sections of the loops, it made me think, wow, like I was running through this the entire time and didn't even realize it. Like what did I just put myself through? What did I just go through? And I finished, I think it was like 29 hours, which I was kind of bummed because I was like, it was going to be probably another hour faster if I didn't end up spending about an hour-ish at the base trying to hide from the lightning and get warmed up and everything, that it could have been faster. But I was like, hey, look, your, your main goal was to get under 32 hours not have to quit and then come back like all the the main goals for that race i had accomplished so i there was nothing to really be disappointed about especially when the race director had told me how many people dropped out and that there were really only i think six of us that ended up finishing and pushing through like that storm was so insane it knocked out almost the entire entry list for that race there were only a few of us uh, granted there were like some shorter distances like the, the the marathon distance the 50k 50 miler 100k like those those runners um but i don't think any of the 200 milers finished and only like six of us 100 milers finished and it made me more proud of it because i'm like you you train for the unknown you train for the worst conditions when i used to wrestle i would go and put on the trash bags with the sweats turn the heat we'd have the heater on you weren't drinking water like you were you were putting yourself in the worst and most dangerous conditions so that come day of the meets day of the match like it, it felt easy because you had everything going your way and here I am at this race and I'm like, yo, nothing is going. <laughs> this is, I'm like, yo, this is worse than, than the wildcat race. Like here I am thinking this was going to be easy and way better. No, it was, it was way worse, but I did it. I pushed through. And that's the one thing I've discovered about myself and about other ultra runners but specifically 100 mile runners is there's a certain level of mental toughness you have to have a lot of it is seriously mental more mental than physical because a lot of 
ultra runners don't put in the mileage or the type of long runs you think they would to be able to do these things a lot of it is just getting your body used to being able to handle it and your mind to push past those those discomforts and those pains and again to ride those highs and and when those lows come to be able to grind through them and i think that's why some of my greatest friends are and have become really i should say ultra mile 100 mile runners because we just have a different mental what's the i don't even know the term a a level that we can push back past where others might say that's enough i'm not going any further than this we have a level of insanity uh another good friend of mine said something about if you if you want to have a conversation with god if you want to meet god run 100 miles right because you you will see think say do things that you never expected and again like you know if i shout out some names nicole benson uh monique barrett aisha oh god i forgot your last name jordan johnson forgive me i know it starts with a j (laughs) um ethel is it blair blair i'm 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 bad with latin name Ah, i can't speak (laughs) see i'm thinking too much i'm bad with last names um david castro luis coco uh lucian boulet 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 (laughs) um who who else can i quickly think of that um val your last name i know it it's kind of hard i can't remember val but uh, um robert hayden um jared um starts with an s i'm testing myself here um who else who else i don't want i want to i want to see how many i can get what's it's like those game shows where how many you can get in a certain certain amount of time so i'm trying to like think race by race um people that i've that i've run with and done some of these hundreds with um seriously like it's just it's a diff we're a different breed there's just something wired differently in our brains that we're able to 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 not only do this but willingly continuously sign up to do these things and aaron thompson i forgot about you the race director wildcat you you've done these you know what i mean uh tamaya you've done some on your own like me you've done the you know and that's another thing if those of you that have those of us because i've done a couple um if you've done a virtual 100 miler bro extra props to you because or if you've done it like i've done a, a few uncrewed another level of insanity it's just i have respect for anybody who signs up for a race with a goal and tries to push themselves right and there's nothing you know i don't, I don't want to knock the people that do fun runs there's nothing wrong with that either but I think a lot of us, and it goes back to, like I was saying, the the whole complacent versus content or, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that mindset, right? If you want to just run and have fun, 
that's what's up but if you want to push yourself and see what you're truly capable of then I, i'm all for that and i'll encourage you and i'll help push you in any way i can and there's it, <laughs> I, I was having this conversation with uh monique on sunday about you know i can't <laughs> she said something like i like oh man it was something along the lines of being upset at the person who convinced her to get into 100 milers and i knew she was talking about me that's me i'm guilty i did it because once i did it i'm like yo you could do this too come on let's go aisha i got into it ethel i got into it um you know it's it's just like when you see the capability in somebody you're gonna you're gonna want to push them when you see what somebody's capable of you're gonna want to try to encourage them to do it and that's one thing I love about ultra running versus a lot of the shorter distance is that the community is more of a family. Um, there's more time during races to communicate and get to know the other people you're running with. And you don't really get that opportunity with 5K, 10K, half and full marathons. You don't really get that. Even 50Ks maybe sometimes, but typically... 50 milers 100k and definitely 100 milers you're gonna get the opportunity to to get to know other people especially even at the aid stations and and that's another thing is like a lot of the people that volunteer at aid stations are also runners so you know they they get it and when they say things to you you take it to heart because you know they know what they're talking about they've been there they've done that so it's it's a big family and um Oh, Jamila. How did I forget Jamila? Who was on the show? Jamila, another amazing runner who we've seen her come from the dead. You know, they said that about me at Wildcat when I went back to the hotel and I quit and everything. And I came back the next morning. And they're like, oh, he's back from the dead. He's risen from the dead. We, we used to say that about Jamila because we were like, yo, she's she's way behind the cutoff time. She's not going to make it. And then bam. And, and she'd come around that corner. You'd hear that voice from a, from a distance. And y'all must not know. It was, it was like David Goggins. Like, you don't know me, son. You don't know me, son. Like, y'all must not know who I am. I, so, like, I just, I just really love the ultra running community. It's been a while since I've been able to co compete and, and just be in that environment. And I really hope to get back to it soon because I miss you guys. I love you guys. Um, I had the opportunity, I was invited to, to run the Tampa 100 miler, just too short notice for me to be able to make it, um, as well as the Wildcat. And with that said, there's a really good chance 2024, um, no, I'm not running for president. 2024, I'm <laughs> going to run, but I'm going to run Wildcat, um, not, not for presidency, um, uh, but yeah, I'm, I, I just miss it. You know, I, I I attempted the 100 miler in June on my own. And I, I'm, it still eats me. Every time I think about it, it eats me alive because that was probably going to be a PR for me. And, and though it wouldn't have been official, it was, I, I felt amazing. Everything was going as good as possible. I just didn't have the resources to be able to make it happen unfortunately and 
Um, that's nobody's fault. It was last minute. It was a, a planned F, a plan Z, if you want to go that far in the alphabet. Like I had plan A. There was no other plans until last minute. Everything changed. So, you know, I I don't beat myself up about it, but it eats me alive that I maybe could have done one or two things differently to finish. But because it was such a rushed last minute adjustment, I didn't really have the time or ability to think all those things out and prepare the way I would have loved to and so yeah just just to not drag this out any further I you know what since it since Thanksgiving is in two days let me just thank every, every one of you that I mentioned a couple minutes ago every single one of you like seriously you have all you all have a special place in my heart there I go. Now I'm going to get emotional again. Um, like I really, truly love each and every one of you guys. And although a lot of you, I haven't, since I got off social media, I, I haven't really been able to connect with a lot of you guys. Some of you I have. Um, I, I see you guys still out there. You guys have the ability to continue to compete and push yourself and I, I'm watching from a distance and I'm just so proud because some of you guys started after me and I, I was kind of like one of the people that pushed you to where you are today and it makes me proud. I don't take credit for any of that, but it makes me proud to know that I, I was a part of it. Like I helped in, in one way or another to create these amazing athletes physically and mentally and I just really hope I have the opportunity to run with you guys again in the future and, and and be out there and run 100 miles with you guys again because a lot of you got me through some of the darkest moments, not only in running but in my life. You really have. And that's, that's why I'm getting emotional just thinking about it and talking about it because it's, it's more than running. It's, it's more than just the sport. It's, um, you guys are a family, really. And... I love you guys. So thank you guys for everything that you have done. And for the listeners, thank you guys for continuing to listen and support. I see the numbers. I see how many downloads I get. I I, I know I have a, a they, they say quality over quantity. So I don't have the amount of downloads and listens that I want, but I have the consistent and the supportive type of listeners. And that's all I could really ask for is the people that continue to show love each and every episode. So I, I appreciate you guys for that. And really, I guess just just whatever it is you're going through in life, don't wait for the perfect moments to prepare yourself for that. If you're waiting for the right time to, to study for something or just to go to school or if you have whatever aspirations in life something you're chasing don't don't wait for the the perfect moment because you'll, you'll always be waiting you'll always be searching and no matter how well you prepare for that it's it's probably not going to go the way you you planned and expected it to so you have to really put yourself in every possible scenario and prepare for every possible obstacle uh, because most likely some or even all of them are going to come your way. And to be honest, some you didn't even think of and imagine are, are going to take place. So 
um, really just, this is just an encouragement. I guess the last few episodes kind of been along this line about just kind of motivating and encouraging you guys. Cause again, I'm a lot of these messages are, are not just for you. They're for me. And sometimes that accountability to speak it to others, you hold yourself accountable to live, you know, be, be the change you, you want to see. Right. So that's, that's my message is yeah. Right. Let's, let's go with that. Be the change you want to see, right? Be, be prepared for anything and everything. And if you've given it your all, don't beat yourself up. If you, if you don't succeed every time, because failure is designed to make you better. If you handle it properly, you learn from it, you grow from it and you do better the next time around. So until the next episode, I, I really wish you all a great Thanksgiving. I encourage you to, to just keep doing the best you can in life. It's it's real tough right now. So be grateful and thankful for what you have. And I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Mile You're In podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure to like, share, and subscribe.